Today is Friday, December 18th. The title for our devotional is Time Well Spent. Hopefully at this point, you've read through chapters 13 through 17 of John's Gospel to see the through line of the conversation being the imminence of Jesus' departure. Jesus says a lot in this section, but the questions that the disciples keep bringing up revolve around why they can't go with him and continue to be where he is. One of the most notable conversations is at the beginning of chapter 14. John 14, 1 through 11 says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the count of the works themselves. In this short conversation, Jesus seems appalled at Philip's demand to see the Father. Not because of the audacity of the demand, but because Jesus has spent so much time with him that he should know by now that Jesus and the Father are one. That Philip should know that seeing Jesus meant he has seen the Father. True knowledge of Jesus' identity is the fruit of the time spent with him. It is one thing for the Pharisees, who spent relatively little time with him watching his life, hearing his teaching, and seeing his miracles, to not believe in him. It is another thing entirely for someone who has spent the last three years with him to not believe. In the context of our series here, to do ministry like Jesus, we must build trust with people over time. This time we spend with others should bear witness to our integrity and point to Jesus. It should be our prayer that after spending time with our spouse, our children, our families, our friends and co-workers, that they see our good deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. Like Peter and John in Acts 4.13, When others see our lives, they should recognize that we have been with Jesus. For additional content today, I wanted to include a portion of an interview from Christianity Today between Ed Stetzer and Hugh Halter regarding his book, Sacrilege. This is an old interview, but I think what they talk about here is really, really important. 
When Stetzer asked him about the meaning of the word sacrilege, in his answer, Halter says, I personally think the main reason people aren't coming toward Jesus is because they can't find him through all the mess of tradition, poor examples, judgment, rhetoric, or religious activity. And that includes evangelical Christianity. Stetzer asks, Most people know your writing as more geared for church leaders. Why do you decide to write a book for non-leaders? His answer, to be quite crass, I think non-leaders are the new leaders. And unpaid saints are much better positioned to affect the lives of real people than the pros. As I have assessed the landscape of the lives of pastors, incarnational living seems to be quite elusive from those whose calling is to lead the church. The peasants, the plumbers, the baristas, and the bar managers can easily take the sacrilegious way of Jesus and make it their own, starting tomorrow. Stetzer asks him about the hope of the book and says, if people really took what you're saying to heart, what could change? In his answer, he says, I think it would help people understand that it re- what it really means to live incarnationally. Missional has been the big buzzword of late, and we definitely needed to focus on our sentness. But if you are sent or missional, but you still don't know how to live like Jesus in the culture around us, we won't see much change. Missional is going. Incarnational is how we go. What we do as we go, and how the culture interprets Jesus through our lives. 1 John 2.5 says, By this we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way Jesus walked. This is what Sacrilege, the book that he wrote, is really trying to help people with. Not just knowing about Jesus, but patterning our lives literally after his. If we could even see 20% of the Christian population take on his life, that would change everything. Reading that quote doesn't make me feel super good about myself as a pastor, but I think it's absolutely true that you, where you are, in your place of work, in your context, living incarnationally, have a much better opportunity to reach people with the good news of Jesus than I do even as a pastor. So let's take this principle to heart and live like Christ wherever you find yourself today.